Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Okay, we're into it. All right, so we've been talking about uh, money for the last uh, four weeks, money talks. People, people talk about lots of things, but they don't often talk about money. Like some of the things, like my wife's a great conversationalist and we'll come back from parties sometimes and man, they get together with friends and they talk about all sorts of things. I'm like, you talked about what? Like, what did you say? Like, <laughs> what did you say about me? <laughs> um, um, we've talked about finding contentment around our money. We've talked about consumerism. Talked about you know, cap Christians against poverty here last week. And well done for those that have signed up for the, um, for the course that they run, the budgeting course. It doesn't matter how good you are at that sort of stuff. It's so important. Young people, seriously, if you've never done a budgeting course, it's just brilliant. So let me ask this. this just, uh, has anyone here heard of John Wesley? Oh, lots of people heard of John Wesley. He's the founder of the Methodist Church Movement. He said this about money. He said, make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. That's some good advice. So today we're going to be talking about giving and generosity. Okay, now I just want to start off by saying, like, I know that looking around that this is a generous bunch of people, but it's isn't always good to be reminded of important things. It's just good to be reminded of important things, and especially because around money, because money has such power to divert us from our best life. It really does. And every week, it seems that we get opportunities to be, to be generous in different places. Last Sunday night, um, lovely evening, Jacinda and I went into the waterfront and watched one of the uh, America's Cup boats come in. And it was, it was just, I don't remember last Sunday, the sun was shining, it was warm. And then we went and had dinner, which was just, everything about it was just so nice. Then I went to pay the bill and all of a sudden, stress... The FPOS machine says, do you want to leave a tip? Like, it's so stressful. All these thoughts are running through my head, like, like, well, the first thought was, no. <laughs> I don't really. I don't, I'm quite a thrifty person. And I thought, well, but then like, I'm like, well, but what if... What if the waiters are going to starve? They're counting on the tip. And and what if that's going to happen? I'm thinking, like, how do I even know that it's going to go to the waiters? Maybe it goes to the big fat cat business owners. And, you know, then I'm thinking, but then they've had a hard year. And, you know, maybe I should be helping them out. And and then I'm thinking, like, why is the machine asking me? Why isn't the person asking me? And then I'm thinking... (laughs) I'm thinking, well, but hang on, if the person was asking me, it'd be even more stressful, and like, oh, I'm so stressed, and you know, what if, what if the guy who get, like, gave me the sheet, he's probably watching me, and he's probably like, going to judge me whether I say yes or no, and then I'm thinking about like, why do I even care that the stranger thinks about me and my giving, and then I'm thinking, why well, he probably isn't really even thinking about me anyway, but um, so much stress, I press no. <laughs> 
Ayan. <laughs> then on, I think on Tuesday, um, bumped into the guy and he said, "Look, oh look, could we just catch up for a coffee?" And like, like, and you've got time now. I said, "Like, yeah, if you need it, let's go get a coffee." And and then afterwards, I said, "Like, like, hey, why don't why don't I buy the drinks?" You know what I was thinking? He asked me for a coffee. He'll say, "No, no, I'll get them." <laughs> he said, "Thanks." <laughs> That's okay. Again, just this week, we just got some friends who they heard we were selling something, and and uh, and they thought like they got in touch with us. And they said, "Oh, we'd like to buy it." And I was thinking, like, you know what? I'd, I'd like to be generous. I'll just sell it to them for you know less than it's less than it's worth. And and uh, and they were really stoked about that. And then, seriously, about three or four days later, I woke up in the morning stressed and thinking, like, what if I, why did I do that? Like, why did I do that? You know, my, my kids might end up on the streets begging, you know, like, <laughs> just prayed. It's like, it's okay. God's reminding me, it's okay. He's got this. Upcoming decisions to make. This month, we're going to a, a wedding, of a nephew's wedding, and it's like, how much do you spend on the present? Best presents are the ones that look really expensive but aren't. You know those ones? Christmas presents coming up. How much do we spend on the mother-in-law? You know, should it be performance-based? <laughs> oh, oh no, we're online now. Oh no! Is, if you're watching, hi Karen. <laughs> It's going to have to be a good one this year. <laughs> Jesus, he said this about money in Luke 12. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, Matthew chapter 6, he says, you cannot serve both God and money. Paul the Apostle teaching his young protege pastor Timothy says this first for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil you just don't want to love money it's the root of all kinds of bad things and we know that as we look around you can just see it hey? you see it outworking in society when love of money it just bad, you know, bad things come, come from it but there's an antidote to keeping your Self from the love of money, keeping your heart free from the love of money. The antidote is generosity. It's generosity. And if you care, if you really care about money gripping your heart and you don't want that to happen, you have to decide to be generous. You have to decide to be generous. And buy, buy your friend's coffee. Give that washing machine away instead of selling it, which someone in our church did just this last week or two. There's another one. Maybe pay the bill when you're out for dinner of everybody. Why not? Plenty of people have done that for you. Throw a, a note in the busker's hat. I know they're not that good, but just, just, just for your sake. 
you know, for the sake of your heart. You know, a, fr- a few years back, I was with a friend in the, in the UK, and, uh, and there was a person um, on the street begging. And, uh, and he, as we were walking past, he just reached into his pocket, got out a, a, a 10 pound note, which, you know, it was back then it was about so 30 New Zealand dollars. And, uh, and he just dropped it in. I'm going, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, that's a lot of money. He's only going to probably spend it on bad things. Like, what are you doing? But I thought about that in the days afterwards. I'm thinking, like, you know what? What a conclusion I came to. It's just like, it's, he's doing that because he knows it's good for him to give, to just to not be, have a hard heart towards people that are in different situations. You know, if you're serious about being a follower of Jesus, about surrendering your life to God and living for God above all else, you have to make sure that money doesn't throw a leadership coup on your life and take over. That your money doesn't go like, right, I'm the boss now. Jesus, you've had your turn. I'm the boss now. You can't let that happen. So we're going to talk a little bit about generosity uh, today. And we're going to talk a little bit about giving as well. And uh, I know that a lot of churches talk about, they teach a lot of things when it comes to giving. And, uh, and can, can I just, I just encourage, encourage you that it, it all requires discernment when it comes to this and wisdom. Um, and make sure that you're hearing God's wisdom. Because I hear some things and I think like this doesn't, some things that doesn't often feel like it's got the spirit of Jesus around it, you know? So just just be wise. And I've done a lot of study on this, a lot of reading the, you know, through the Bible and uh, looked at the church historically, and I've really come to this understanding that the wisdom and invitation of, of God and scriptures in around this whole thing of, uh, of money and giving is this. Cultivate a generous heart. Not percentage this or do this. Or do, it's just cultivate a generous heart. That's it. That's the sum of it. Cultivate a generous heart. It's all about our hearts. It's all about our hearts. Become a giver, not a taker. Become a giver, not a taker. If you want to be like a godly person with a godly heart, cultivate generosity. And for some of you that may be a little uh, younger, just starting off on your journey into, into adulthood, and you may go, well, I was, a, I was a student and money was tight, so it was, giving wasn't really my thing. And, and then you've kind of flowed into habits of like, there's not quite enough, I need to hold on to it. Like, cultivate a generous heart. If you're really if you're just at a place where you're you've had some light shine into your life and you're here because like you're responding to god's invitation in your life again his invitation to you around money is cultivate a generous heart and there's some good reasons to do this i mean one of them is as people that are god's people that believe in the book that that follow the book 
the Bible. The Bible invites us into this. That's a good reason. Psalm 37, 21. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Again, 1 Timothy 6. Again, Paul the Apostle encouraging his young pastor, Timothy, saying, this is what I want you to teach your church. He says, this, command those who are rich in this present world. Remember what Stanley said like two or three weeks ago? He said, like, most Kiwis are in the top 1% of the wealthiest people in the world. So obviously we often just compare ourselves to those people next to us. But like when we're on a world scale, we are wealthy. That's all of us. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. So the Bible invites us to this. Another reason. Generosity is the antidote to envy and greed. Envy and greed. Even just, just don't they just sound like bad words, eh? Envy and greed. They, uh, I don't know who came up with this whole thing of the seven deadly sins, but two of the, those, are the two, those are two of them. Envy and greed. And they are things that will kill your soul. They are deadly. Envy and greed. Generosity is the antidote. Generosity brings life to our heart. Here's another good reason to be generous. Generosity brings joy. Have you ever experienced that? Just being a generous and it's like, wow, I thought that was going to be good for them, but it's, oh, it's good for me. I've done studies around happiness. We did this great series a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago now around joy. And um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was giving most of the talks but um it uh, but so much of scientific and psychological studies that have been that, that happened these days around this whole thing of happiness and they found out that one of the keys to joy and happiness is give is giving and generosity and it releases kind of positive chemicals in the brain which lead to joy and, and good health they've even found that thinking about being generous leads to joy and happiness and good health. Listen, this is this, I got this off a website. This is from an organization in North America, and they, they are consultants to the biopharmaceutical industry. So, all right, so like you, you guys all read those stuff on those websites, eh? so, um, so they had a study that they'd published, or this article that they'd published based on a study, and I just want to read this bit out of it uh, to you. So... Um, one recent study by S.Q. Park and all in, uh, attempts to shed light on the mechanics of the neural processes linking generosity and happiness. Using functional MRI, they compared, compared the brains of individuals who were planning to spend money on someone else, the experimental group, versus the brains of people planning to spend money on themselves, the control group. They found that making generous choices activated the TPJ the temporal parietal junction areas of the brain, part of the system that regulates rewards in social situations. They also found a direct link, a direct link between the activation of the TPJ and feelings of happiness. And they found that activation was stronger in the experimental group compared to the control group. In brief, giving to others makes people happier and then receiving for themselves. So giving makes them happier than receiving. 
And studies have shown that happier people are more generous, so it becomes a cycle of giving and joy, giving and joy. In addition to feeling happier, advantages of being generous include better health, reduced stress, and a stronger sense of purpose. I should have given a tip. <laughs> Next time. Some studies even show that being generous helps fight depression and can help us live longer. So each day as life presents you with opportunities to be generous, see which ones you can act on. Your temporal parietal junction, your stress hormones, and your community will thank you for it. Here's the thing. Jesus knew this. Remember I said the other week, like, Jesus is smart. He is the smartest person that has ever lived. That is why we can follow him with confidence. He's, so, he's smart. And this is what he said. Um, where have we got it here? In Acts 20.35, they're talking about um, what Jesus said. It says, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Which is what is being proven through studies. I read, I read something just this last couple of weeks. And it was an article, it wasn't anything to do with faith or religion or Christianity. But it, it said in the article, um, as the saying goes, it is better to give than to receive. <laughs> it's like, you, you're not, you should be quoting, you know, the guy who said that in the first place. Here's another reason to be generous, is that God blesses the generous. Maybe not the next hour or the next day, over a lifetime, you will reap what you sow. And if you sow generously, you will reap generously from God. Deuteronomy 15 verse 10, and this is talking about people in need. It says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to you. So those of you that have given, when those baskets came around to, to you know, youth in transition, you will be blessed, giving to those in need. Psalm 112, verse 5, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Proverbs 11, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Proverbs 22, the generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Luke 38, this is Jesus' words, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Second Corinthians 9, Paul the Apostle says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So why wouldn't you choose to be generous? Why wouldn't you? But here's the thing, is that you don't just fall into it. You have to choose to be a giver. You have to sit here and go, I'm going to be a giver. And then, when the question comes up on the F-Boss machine, <laughs> you go, 
you know, I'm going to choose to be a giver. I actually, I've been feeling so bad all week. Like, <laughs> it's like, just about God loves me. Eh? So, like, you don't just fall into becoming a giver. You've got to choose to be that kind of person. And except for last Sunday night at the restaurant, like most of the time, just sitting on, we've chosen to be givers. We've made that choice, like many of you have. And, and like many of you, we've adjusted our lifestyle to make sure that we can give and give significantly you know, to our church, to people, to different things that come up. We've chosen to give in lean times as well as in times of plenty. You know, we'd spend less on some things than other people do. We'd always ask the question, like, why, why not? Instead of why should I when we get an opportunity to give? We've known seasons that are tight, but we've not stopped giving, and we've, and we've seen God look after us. You read through the scriptures, and God is often telling us, like, don't put God to the test, except around money. He says, be a giver and watch me look after you. So then there's the big question, like, well, what should I give to? What should I give to? And, uh, you know, a number of you here would say it was obvious to be great to give to the church. And again, the Bible in, encourages looking after those that are um, looking after your church, looking after those that are in your church. But really, again, the wider counsel of Scripture is just give to the things that move your heart. Give to the things that you believe in. But I'm going to give you something to believe in this morning. And Christians for centuries believe in the church. And I believe in the church. Just a loving, redemptive, and spirit-led, spirit-filled community of faith that, and that is the hope of the world. And that's us. That's us. We don't go to church. We are the church. And this is God's plan. The church is God's plan for redeeming the world. Salvation and redemption of mankind. He's got no plan B. It's us. <laughs> Where it's... And Christians have given to the church for over 2,000 years, sacrificially, joyfully, regularly, because they understand that the most important thing that they can be sowing into in their life is God's local church, and that the church requires resources of time and energy and money to be able to undertake the, the, the ministry that, that God has for it. You know, in the book of Acts, the Acts is the, in the Bible is the story of the early church. And uh, you see there that... In the early church, um, rich people that had land, they would be selling like one of their lots of land. And then they would just be coming to church on a Sunday morning and they'd be putting this bag of money in the letterbox on the info table. You know? um, they would be, because they wanted to look after the people in need, they wanted to support the ministry and activity of the church. Paul the Apostle was talking about money all the time, especially to the church in Corinth. You may have heard me say this before, but Corinth in, in southern Greece, back in the time of Jesus in the first, first century, it was like the New York of Europe. It was new money, because it, it had been smashed by an earthquake, and then it was, but it was such a trade route, it was all built up again with money and trade and everything. It was like all the entrepreneurs, they, they would all be heading to Corinth. It's like if you could make it there, you could make it anywhere. And, that, and, and so Paul was talking to them and he said, like, 
here's some guidance. Like, it's important that you're giving money to your church for the ministries of the church. Resources the activity of God in your community. See lives changed, people cared for, people healed, set free. I give to that. I so believe in the local church, always have. And then people say, well, like, how much should I give? Like, you know, I hear all this percentage stuff. Like, just, just take that percentage, just throw it. Look, don't worry about that. Listen to this. This is wisdom from C.S. Lewis. You know C.S. Lewis, the author, wrote the Narnia books, one of the greatest Christian authors of the last century. He says this, a book called Mere Christianity, and if you've never read this book, I just strongly encourage you to read it. If you're here and you're exploring faith, though you're not a Christian, but you're just exploring faith, this is a fantastic book for you to read. Seriously, this will it'll change your life. He says this in this book. I don't believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. If our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our charitable expenditure excludes them. I know that a lot of churches talk about giving 10% of your income because it, there is examples of that throughout Scripture, in the Old Testament in particular, where they'd be giving 10% of their crops and 10% of their earnings to the, to the temple. And, uh, but the thing, when you, you look at Jesus coming in and talking to the religious people, he actually got, he got a little bit grumpy with the religious leaders that were being so fussy about their 10% that they were even going out to their back garden and going through their herbs, their herb little herb garden, and they were like cutting off 10% of it and bringing that to the temple. And he was saying, you're so fussy about the 10%, you haven't got your heart right. Like, it's all about the heart. Generosity, it's all about our heart. So, you know, if, it's, if you hear people saying you should give 10%, you know, just like, let me just say this, like, give whatever you want. Give more, if you want. Uh, give less, but like, there's a story of Robert Laidlaw, who was the founder of the Farmers Trading Company, you know, the farmer's shops and all the malls. Fantastic Christian guy, eh? Like, he ended up, at, at, at the end of his life, or at, he was giving away 90% of his income. He was keeping 10%, giving away 90%. But the thing that's important and we talked about it earlier in the scripture in Second uh, Corinthians 9 it says each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver so he's not saying just forget about it he's saying it's important think about it pray about it And then, and then give. But can I also say, if you're a person who goes like, you know, I'm going to go without my, my one coffee a week and I'm going to give that $4 to something a week, could I just suggest, I would like to challenge you to go a bit harder with your giving than that. 
And why not consider doing what Christians have been doing for centuries? And why not consider giving 10%? Why not? You don't have to, but why not? You think, well, that's, that's 10%. So, well, you know, maybe, maybe a bit of a stretch. Some of you may be in a place where you can give more. But here's, I would love to put out a challenge to you. Why not try that for three months? and watch what God does in your life around your resources and your finances. Because I tell you, like you, start, you get into this giving thing and watching God like, bring blessing into your life, like it's an, it's an adventure. It's an adventure, watching the miraculous provision of God in your life. So I'm just throwing that out there. Some people ask, well, if it's going to be like a percentage, like what, before tax or after tax? Oh, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> talk to God about it. Just key is to talk to God about it with an open heart. Encourage you like C.S. Lewis encourages you, like maybe stretch yourself and we'll see what happens. Again, I'd love you to contribute. I'd love you to make Coast Vineyard a place where you'd contribute. I just have see so much opportunity where we can make such a difference in our community um, and it, as much as we would love to think that it just happens miraculously, it, uh, it does require resources. And, uh, you know, I know that, and we talk often about how that giving is part of being committed here at Coast Vineyard. And uh, I know that for some of us that have perhaps a more of a, a wiring, a personality type that's a little bit more leans towards being thrifty. It's like, you know, it's like you heard about the Aussie hucker. It's like, oh, oh, who's going to get the drinks? Oh, I forgot my wallet. Oh, like, like uh, where's my wallet? Oh, are you okay getting the drinks? Like, and I've been told that, like, you know, a number of us that are committed here uh, are not yet giving. Uh, told by our trustees, they used to give you that information. I go, I can't think, well, hang on, if we're a family, we've we all got to be in on this. Eh? We've all got to be, families, we're all in. Does that make sense? You know, we're all in on it. So it's not a, and, and so if, if people aren't contributing, that's, that's not right. It's not a guilt thing. It's just a like, it's just a like a right, a, like it's doing the right thing as a church family. We're okay. This is not a like, you know, we're not, we're okay with all of our budgets this year. Um, nothing like a bit of COVID-19 to save some money on rent of the school here. So, um, so we're okay. Um, this is not that we are needing the money. It's just like, just what we could do, sowing into the things of the kingdom if we had more resources. So. All right, so to finish, just let me say this. Bring the questions to God with an open heart, these questions. Do I need to be more generous? Do I need to give money to what I believe in? Should I be giving more to finance the mission of my church? I'll say those again. Do I need to be more generous? Do I need to give money to what I believe in? Should I be giving more to finance the mission of my church? And I'd love you to do this as well. If you've got Christians in your life that you respect, have a conversation with them about their journey around giving. And you will hear some cool stories of the, of the goodness of God in that. And I just would love, again, I'll say it again, I would love you to experience the adventure of, uh, of giving and seeing God's blessings come. So... So again, the punchline for today is this, as your pastor who cares about you, wants your very best life for you, cultivate generosity. And it will lead you 
to the life that is truly life. Cultivate generosity and it will lead you to life that is truly life. Let let that land in your heart. Let's stand together. You know, one of the things that uh, it's good to do is to just stop and ponder. And we just want to take a moment just now to have a, have a ponder, have, a, have a, a short little chat to God and just say, like, God, how am I doing in terms of being a, uh, having a generous heart? And maybe in the midst of that, asking the question, God is there, do I need to do something different in terms of like patterns of giving? So why don't we just take like just a minute or two, just in this, in this quiet place, you guys going to make it less quiet, eh? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> God, I just pray that you'd, uh, you'd speak to our hearts now. Speak to our hearts. God, we thank you that you, you bless the generous. God, we thank you that generosity leads us into life. God, we thank you that you have shown us what generosity is. Father, you so loved the world that you gave your only son. You gave your only son for the, for the sins of the world that whoever believes in Jesus would know eternal life. Let's thank you what you've spoken to our hearts this morning, God, and pray that you'd protect that and, and uh, may that would be a commitment that we would step forward into.
look, you may be here this morning too and you are not a person of, of faith or you've never made that decision to say, I want to know God. I want to know God. I want to follow God. And if that's you this morning, I know that, uh, that God's arms are, are wide open to you and His love for you is incredible. It's, it's, love, it's His love that's drawn you here. And could I just encourage you you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. All you have to do is to say yes to God. Yes, today is the day I want to follow you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. And if that's you this morning, I'd love to have a conversation, have a chat. But pray that prayer of God, just a prayer of saying yes. And you'll step into life that is truly life just as we finished um, just like, is Dudley here? is Dudley here? Dudley just had this word for you as I was driving this morning and uh, just felt like that God was saying to you is like you know there's, there's um, things that you want to see happen in your, in your family that you've been praying for for years and years and years and I just felt God say that you've got no idea how your prayers and your intercession is going to have just a dramatic effect on your family for generations. I felt like you know you're, there's going to be people in your family that aren't even born yet that are going to have this burning passion in their hearts for Jesus because of your prayers. Let's just pray as we close. Father, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your heart of love for us. We thank you that like your love for us is is not dependent on anything that we do. Your love for us is just complete and full for you, our love. We thank you for that this morning. And God, I pray blessing on everyone that's here. Bless them. Bless the kids that are in here with us now. Bless everyone, God, as they head out into lives that are swirling with all sorts of uh, good things, challenges, hard things. God, go with them with your presence and your peace. Lead them by your wisdom. God, and may we continue to be a people that lift your name high in the midst of all that life brings because you are good. Amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.